It's Tuesday, March 21st, and you're listening to a brand new episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. That's right, coming at you from the road, which is why I'm wearing these little didgeridoos in my ears instead of the big uh, things. And I'm holding the mic, Bob Barker style, pinky up, always pinky up, nothing but class. Hello, Internet. I'm staring directly into your soul. Oh, follow on Instagram and Twitter at JD Comedy Hour and uh, Facebook.com slash JD Comedy. Why am I doing the plugs off the top? My guest today, oh man, amazing uh, guest, singer-songwriter Roseanne Baker Thornley uh, joined me in studio for an awesome chat. We did some live music. We did it all. Uh, and, and you're in for it. What? It all starts now. <laughs> Welcome to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour pod, 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 podcast, coming at you from the road, hi, lemon press road style, I don't know, sure, let's roll with that, I get so weirded out, that was a weird intro, I get weirded, because I'm, I'm forced, this is the climate, the, the web climate that we deal with and forced to constantly promote and find interesting ways to um and i met with uh i met with a um not a promoter but what's the word i'm a pr person and they suggesting suggested doing things like that so anyway hence the the weird uh, intro <laughs> can i start over can i rewind this shit no it's live. It's not live, but I've treated it live. One take, Tony, they call me. Nobody calls me that. Okay, welcome to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. My guest today, oh, the one, the only, the super uber talented freak of nature, Roseanne Baker Thornley is my guest today. Music uh, singer, song, well, of course, music singer, songwriter. Singer, songwriter, talented musician. I love her dearly, and uh, oh man, we went, we did some uh, live tracks, and by we, I mean her, I just sat there and cried, literally, I cried, so there's, there's a track she does, give me, give me one more night, I believe, is the name of the track, and um, I want, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I hope I'm not fucking it up off the top, but she played this track and she sets it up beautifully and uh, I cried legit And this is the Julian Dion comedy hour, but this is a crying hour for this time Also the Julian Dion inconsistent comedy hour inconsistent release date podcast. Thanks for tuning in by the way Roseanne Baker Thornley is my guest powerhouse talent oozing out of 
Every orifice. Why do I go? I have to go. What? I should really write shit down before I get into it, but I just hit play and I just roll with it. Whatever. And, um... Man, what an interview. She has uh, had an amazing career and still going strong and about to release a new EP and she's written songs for many musicians. She just, she's, she's just, uh, it was such a joy and a pleasure to interview her, have a conversation with her. It's more of a conversation, my, my quote-unquote interviews, because, you know, it's back and forth. It's not just question, answer, question, answer. We have a conversation and... Uh, Loved it. Loved it. I've been wanting to uh, interview her for a while, and we got into it face-to-face, intimate. And like I said in Lemon Press Sessions, if you haven't checked out Lemon Press Sessions, by the way, check it out. It's all about the music. It's the past guests of uh, the JDCH pod, live Lemon Press Sessions in studio. And the thing about those sessions is that, uh, or any musical guest, guest, is that it's so up close in person. I mean, they deliver these unbelievable performances. Roseanne being one of the top, one of my favorites that came through. And I mean, I say that about everyone because each performance is so uh, so great and each individual artist is um, near and dear to my heart in their own way. And Roseanne just, and, and like I said in Lemon Processions, I get to see this. If you think it's amazing listening to it through your, your, your ear holes, Whatever you're doing right now, whether you're on the treadmill or you're driving or or um, keep uh, hands at 10 and 2 or 9 and 3. And um, it's that much more crazy to witness three feet away just across the desk from me these these crazy performances. And this performance um, moved me to the to tears. I cried on the podcast for the first time ever. Not, you know, and I don't care. I'll admit it. We both cried. She she played the song. I was crying. I look up because I, I didn't want to make. I didn't, you know, when there. I didn't know where to look while she was doing it. I was kind of mixing mixing the track on the on the board with and listening to it and really into the song. And then I look up and she's got tears down her face. And she'll tell you she tells the story of of how she wrote this song. And anyway, she plays a few songs, two songs on the podcast, and we throw a couple in there as well. And um, you just got to get into it. Go to RBT Music. Fuck, I hope I'm not fucking that up. Let me just make sure. RBTmusic.com. Let me just check. I should have... Oh, what's your website? Um, I'm going to edit it in. No, because I say it in the podcast. I nail it on the podcast at some point. But let me... Uh, Hold on, you gotta Roseanne Baker Thorne. She's 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 everything, and you gotta get into it. Hold on, oh God, why am I? Why do I do this? Why do I do this? You know, you could you could. There's a million podcasts out there that's so professional and and uh, rbtsong.com. Son of a bitch! I wish I was professional. Go to rbtsong.com and and check it out. And uh, one of the best in the biz. You're going to love her instantly. And you're going to love this interview. It's a good one. Okay, I'm RambleFest. Welcome to RambleFest 2017. And thanks for listening again. And be sure to uh, follow, as I said off the top, for some reason I got into my plugs off the in the intro, which is weird. But follow on Instagram and Twitter at JD Comedy Hour. And... Uh, 
and uh, facebook.com slash jdcomedyhour and email the show pod at jdcomedyhour.com we want to hear from you be sure to subscribe on iTunes and um, all that Google Play and, and whatevs McGevs it's been uh, a few weeks since the last episode but uh, it, there's been a lot happening in my life I've been traveling and touring and doing a lot of comedy and um, moving Big, big move from Toronto. I've been in Toronto for five years and moving to Wakefield, Quebec, just north of Ottawa, about 25 minutes north in the Gatineau Hills, buying a house, a dream house. It's like built into the side of a mountain overlooking the Gatineau River, and it's peaceful and quiet, and I can uh, you know, have a career from there and travel. As long as I'm relatively close to an airport, it's 35 minutes to the Ottawa airport, I can, I can do this gig from anywhere, which is why I've been... Uh, MIA on the pod and a little quieter than before. It's just an excuse. I have no excuse. But that's happening in my life. I'm moving from Toronto, and um, which uh, Toronto has been a great, great time for five years. I'm still going to be going down for auditions and such because I'm keeping my film and TV agent, but we'll not be living there. We'll just be uh, visiting a couple times. I imagine about two to four times a month on average. We'll be swinging down Toronto. Is it Durano? It's only a four, four and a half hour drive, so it's not too bad. So it's I'm not. <sighs> Why am I holding on to Toronto so bad? No fuck, I'm moving from there. Who cares? It's good. It's such a good move. I'm so sick of the city. I just can't do it. Like anytime I go on the road and like, because I grew up in the country. I grew up in the middle of the woods in Skidduck, New Brunswick, and every time I go. I spend too much time in the city. It just gets to me, just the 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 rustle and bustle, huh? The rustle and tassel, see? And I, I am the honking and the constant noise. And I mean, Toronto is a great city for what it is. It's got tons of culture and, and there's always something to do. But for um, after a while, I put my time in there and I'm good. I am good. I'm also, like I've said a couple times before on the podcast, at least once, I'm I'm kind of now moving into the to the woods, which I've always wanted to do, and now this Trump presidency is kind of justifying it, you know, because before I never had an excuse. I was always hoping for some sort of, and not, not like an imminent threat, but just some sort of threat that would enable me to live in the woods and not um, seem crazy. Because any time before, it's like you move to the woods for no reason. People are like, oh, shit, you hear Julian move to the woods. He's, in- he's insane. And now uh, I have an excuse, more or less. Trump, I guess. It's like, and now I seem, you know, oh, my God, he's moving to the woods. Let's all move to the woods. Not to follow me, but just because, you know, we're all going to die, I suppose. Anyway... So that's been happening in my life, but uh, I've got a couple episodes in the can for you, a couple great interviews, including today's, but also um, another, a few that are coming out. So there'll be some some um, pods, episodes coming out soon, and I'm also going to Mexico this week on Thursday, which is in two days. I'm excited. It's a yearly trip that we do every year. And uh, so we're doing that. So we'll be, there'll still be an episode coming out on Friday. I'm going to set it up auto release. What? 
And that's it. That's that. I'm rambling. I want to get to my interview because it was a really good one. We went, uh, we chatted for a long, long time. Over an hour is very fascinating. You're going to love her. And uh, we're going to kick it off with a song, a song of hers, and throughout, and then an interview, and then two live performances, one of which might make you cry. It certainly made me cry. And I hope you enjoy it. Any other news? Any other things that I'm missing? I don't know. I don't have any notes. I'm on the road. So I just kind of hit play and went went nuts. Wolfville, Nova Scotia. If anybody from Wolfville is listening, thank you, by the way. Saturday, uh, Jen Grant and myself were in town. It was an amazing show at the Al Whittle, Al Whittle Theater. Thanks to all the local champions that promoted the show. It was nearly pretty much sold out and uh, had a great crowd. Nice little little theater gig at El Whittle Theater. Okay, enough is enough. Thank you, and um, thanks for listening always. I appreciate you, and we'll talk to you after the interview. Don't go anywhere. Why am I signing out? I'm rusty. Okay, here it is. Enjoy now my chat with the one, the only, the beautiful and talented Roseanne Baker Thornley. You and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People I need to lose Sing a little song Then take a shower Julian Dion Comedy I am the soul, 
I Am Poetry by my guest today. And oh man, am I excited to have a chat with her today. What can I say about her? Well, the length of her resume speaks for itself. In 2016, she was the winner of the Indie International Songwriting Contest with the song Anyway, co-written with Northeastern and Michaelin Hay. In 2016, she also won the UK Songwriting Competition uh, for What Are We Fighting For, co-written with North Easton in 2016. She was a mentor of the Songwriters Association of Canada's 4x4 Songwriting Challenge. She was a judge at the 2016 Long and McQuaid Singing Contest for uh, the semifinals and the finals. In 2015, she was a finalist at the International Songwriting Competition with Love Like That. 2014 semifinalist for the, at the International Songwriting Competition for the song Turn. She is a uh, the Toronto curator and participating songwriter performer for the Acoustic Guitar Project, and uh, she will be out there performing more and more. Look out for her rbtsong.com because she is currently working on a yet to be named and yet to be released EP. And she sits across from me here in Lemon Press Studio in a desolate, desolate, empty shell of a studio uh thanks for coming uh, uh roseanne baker thornley is my guest today and that's who you heard just there singer songwriter super talented singer songwriter and uh, friend that's right anyways she's here in studio and uh thank you for being here how's it going great thanks for having me this is fun yeah I, it's cool. i know you from okay so this is what i like <laughs> to do with the podcast i like to uh First of all, people will know you through your your music, and and the people that will listen to this will some some will get to know you for the first time. But I also like to introduce the other side of of an artist, of people, whoever has a story. I like to bring them on here, and uh, we get to know you. And so I like to start by saying how we met. I we used to work at a Mexican uh, joint, Playa Cabana, here in town. I've talked about it before. My first ever guest of the podcast, episode one guest, Dave Cidu, is uh, my friend there and the owner of the place, and that's where we met. That's uh, right. Yeah. You guys were regulars, you and Michael. And we were just there the other night again. Oh, snap. We were. Does it, did it we feel... We were missing you. I was going to say, did it feel empty? It does. Me? It feels <laughs> odd. It was like, have you seen anybody seen Julian lately? Yeah. And Raul's not there anymore. Anyways, yeah. I'm, I'm digressing. People don't really know who these people are. But, uh, Roseanne Baker-Thornley is my guest. Let me do this first, as we like to... Uh, uh, because we met in the hospitality, uh, with the hospitality dynamic where I was serving you things. So we're going to do that right now. I've got some vino for you. <laughs> Here we go. And I actually got... My cab sav. Yeah, I got your cab sav. And this is actually, you would have had this at the restaurant. I got this oh. uh, uh, 
Argento. I should know because I used to sub, but I don't. I never was into it. Cab's Hove, Argentinian, I believe. Great. Yeah, it is, of course. The name would give it away, Argento. This episode is illegally brought to you by Argento. They did not know. <laughs> they did not consent to this. So cracker open. Don't need an opener for this one. It's a twist off. I know. That's what you look for these days, right? It used to be, ah, screw top. Now it's, ah, yeah. don't want to quirk. It's exactly. too complicated. Exactly. But the, it used to be, there used to be a negative uh, kind of thing with, with, um, the screw top. The screw top. It used to be this weird, like, oh, it's a screw top. It must have been like a $6 wine, but <laughs> even though you can get a good $6 wine, let's use that. And for me, for myself, I've got, oh man, one of my face bows, all natural. Oh, I like your glass. What's your glow? This is an owl. owl. It's okay. an owl um, uh, uh, mason jar, it's I guess. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. It looks like either an owl or a snowman, but... Uh, and we got our fire going. We've got our fire <laughs> on the TV channel 536 for all you Bell 5 subscribers <laughs> up, up there. Uh, it's really hot. It's as if it was a real fire because it it's is. really hot. First of all, it's unseasonably warm and... Uh, Anyways, here's uh, here's to you. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so that's good. Let's get through it. Let's get to uh, let's get to know. Ro- Can I call you Rosie? Sure. I always do. So let's. Sure, that's okay. I never that's asked good. You permission, but that's good. <laughs> you know some, how sometimes you have a shit like a nickname, and you're like, I didn't, I never proved that. Why are <laughs> yeah. you calling me that? I keep calling. Uh, but uh, okay, Rosie, let's get to know you. So you're from Toronto originally. I, I am from Toronto. Born and raised in Toronto. Born and kind of raised in Toronto. I kind of moved around the map a little bit and being raised. So lived in, uh, actually lived in London, Ontario for a little bit, but I barely remember that. And uh, lived in Paris for a little while. Paris, France. Oh, I was going to say Paris, Ontario, no, which Paris, is very France. different than yes, Paris, France. No way. Why it traveling is. so much? Were you a military brat? Or? No, my father was in advertising. Okay. And so I traveled with him quite a bit. So we lived in Paris, France for a little while. We lived in uh, Geneva and Switzerland for a little while. Oh, unreal. Yeah, it was good. And what ages were you in Paris was, and Geneva? Uh, I was about 16, I think, when I was living oh, okay. in Paris. Oh, okay. So like pretty yeah. formative years. So yeah. it's not like it's you were two and you don't remember no, anything. No, no, no. No, oh, I wow. actually went to school in Paris and oh. uh, to the Alliance Francaise, which was great. I had the option of high school. He said, do you want to go to high school? Do you want to keep going on in high school? And I was like, you know, what are my options? And, or the Alliance Francaise. And I thought, you know what? I'm in France. I'd like to learn to speak French. Yeah, so you learned the, it was the very language. Cool. It was great. Because I was in school at the Alliance. You're with people who don't. English is not your common language. French is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I remember being in school and being with a, um, a Russian conductor's wife was in the class. There was a Japanese, a woman from Japan. There was just all these. But everybody much older than me. Right. Because, of course. Um, but it was great. It was a great learning experience for me. I, I really enjoyed it. And I played for French radio when I was there. That was one of my first forays into music, was auditioning for a French radio station there. So you were already into music. What, what I was. At what age did you get into music? Do you come from a musical background? Like I your, do. Your, like musical family, your father was in advertising. What did your yeah. mother do? My mother, you know, my mother was sort of a stay-at-home mom, but uh, very creative. But my father was definitely the musician in the family, so he played classical guitar, but he also played saxophone. He played recorder. And I was very, very naturally came into the, into music. I probably start. I write it. Started writing when I was eight. Eight years old. Eight. Yeah. What do you write about when you're eight years old? Do you I remember really, that song? It was called "Gone Is Gone." It's, it's no. Gone. It was a love song. Love is gone. Yes, love is gone. There's just not enough of love. You're all in love and it falls away because it just doesn't want to stay. I mean, seriously, I remember that from eight. You wrote that at eight years eight. old. Where do you think that comes from? Like, I have do you no think, idea. Do you believe in like TV. you're an old soul? Or yeah, t- TV. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah. And that's great. And so. Yeah. 
What was your first instrument? Was it guitar? Because your your dad was it was lying no, around there. No, violin. Violin. Yeah, yeah. In, sc- in school. In school. Okay. Yeah, it was choice. You know, ch- choose an instrument. Yeah. Of course, recorder. Everybody plays Everybody recorder. Everybody cross buns. Oh my god, recorder in school. And uh, <laughs> my father played recorder. I used to sing to him playing recorder. Did you notice a big difference when you would be playing it at school around? kids that are playing it than your father would you it's totally see? different yeah, of totally course different. it doesn't even sound like the same instrument right like totally different that, right? but then the choice was to which instrument to play so i chose violin and uh really enjoyed that i really enjoyed it it was really you know picking up on my theory and i remember my mother sending me to my room to rehearse to practice you have to go and practice I was like okay okay but when i'd get to my room i would turn it sideways and strum it ah so that was probably i was probably 12 Right. I think I was probably 12 when I was playing violin. Like a guitar. Yeah, like a guitar. And then uh, when I moved to uh, Paris, uh, just before I moved to Paris, um, a family member of mine bought me a guitar, really nice guitar. It was a Yamaki guitar. Yeah. And uh, I started playing a lot of guitar then. And uh, Self-taught? Or did yeah. You think about, yeah. No, self-taught. Self-taught. You know, the first song I learned was House of the Rising Sun. Of course, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, like one chord, at a, one painful <laughs> yeah, chord at a yeah. time. And um, yeah, and then when I got to Paris, I was doing a lot of writing. When I was 14, I wrote a lot of songs <laughs> and uh, ended up auditioning for a French radio, French radio station to be part of a troupe over there. Like a yeah. touring troupe? Or it, no, it was a troupe that just played every week. It was a French, a French group. And uh, I still remember my audition because um, I was so nervous. Oh my goodness, I was so nervous. And I remember it was this old style radio station and they were above me all around behind the glass. And I was down all by myself in the middle of the studio and I was shaking. I was, I was so nervous, I was shaking. And they actually said to me in French that I might want to sit down because I looked like I was going to fall down from shaking, like from a distance. Anyway, I auditioned and I, I got into the troupe and ended up playing with them quite a bit. Wow. And yeah. what, sorry, it was a weekly thing? It was a weekly thing. Yeah. So that's what I was doing when I was 14, plus going to school at the Alliance. So you were kind of thrown right into it mm-hmm. right away. What do you think, where do you think that comes from, the desire to write songs or that, that ability to write songs? Like, is it just kind of... You hear a lot of songwriters say it just kind of comes to you. It you is. can't control it. It's intuitive. It's and, Right. And you if just you try gotta. to think of it or dissect it too much, it, you, you might risk, it might it might elude you. Like, yeah. are you like superstitious about it that kind of way where you don't want to no, think about it too much? You know what I'm superstitious about is I will not usually play a song unless I've finished it. If I have an idea for a song and I have a few lines or I'm, I've got the beginnings of it, I won't share it with anybody because it's like this bubble that you have to be in to finish the song. But um, no, 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 as far as writing songs, I mean, people do ask, how do you write a song? And I have to admit, I sort of go, uh, you just do it. it you, you just, just kind of do it. You just kind of do it. And what do you do? For, obviously, it's like like anything, you get better with it as yeah. as you you, yeah. you grow. And do you do, do you kind of do melody first, the, the, like the, the music, or, and then the lyrics, or the lyrics first? Or it's just, all different. It's all different. It's all different. I'm, I'm, uh, my real um, thing is writing lyrics. Right. Um, so I've forever been writing. I mean, I have tattooed on my hand, I am words. because. And we just heard iron poetry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I really have a connection to words, and uh, that's really where I start with with writing songs for the most part or I'll hear a melody I'll sit there and I'll play something mm-hmm. and it just resonates with me there's something that's like oh it's a space it's all about a space it's a funny thing but it's about a space that you step into and it uh, 
evokes different feelings or thoughts. And I may have a line that I've come up with that I've written down, or if somebody said something, something, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, just a while ago, uh, my my daughter's um, fiance was telling me about um, when his when people aren't around, what guys do, like they drink beer in the shower. Have you ever drank a beer? In Absolutely, the, the beer shower is the best beer. I've never even heard of it, or the shower beer rather. I've yeah, ne- I've never heard of it. And he mentioned it, and I thought. Well, that's interesting. And I wrote it down. And then I went into a writing session a while back. Uh, we were working with this new recording artist. And uh, I'm, we were talking about topics to write about. And I said, what about this idea of guys, you know, when they're, when they're without their significant other half, that they're taking a shower and drinking beer and all that kind of... And we wrote a song all around it. It's called Me Without You. <laughs> and it came, it's, that's it what came I mean. from that line. Yeah, you're like a live wire. I think when you're a writer, because you're always listening. Of you're course. always like, oh, oh, oh. It's- you know, and it's, everything seems to have a different sort of uh, meaning to you. It's just like comedy. Like, you kind of just are, are yeah. always open to it at any point. You just kind of, not consciously, but you're just kind of always scanning yeah. and, and seeing what's out there. Then something hits and you write it down. As far as the songwriting process and the evolution, uh, uh, your evolution and the, the process itself, like it, like I said, it gets better with time and, and not easier, for, but for lack of a better word, easier have you found that are you like are you a perfectionist in any way or has that changed over the years like i've i imagine maybe when you start you really overthink maybe overthink it and dissect each little piece of the song where maybe as you evolve it's kind of like the first rendition or edition a version of it that comes out you're like that's kind of like you it's actually the opposite it's the opposite when you start you're just writing Right. You, you go back and you look at it, go, oh, that's good, ah, that's good, ah, that's good, that's good, that's good. And I think the more you write, the more you start to really pull it apart and think about what it is you're saying and, well, you know, I could probably do that better and that rhyme's kind of predictable and, well, maybe, it, oh, right. it's honestly. And it's also because you know more kind of what's out there. When yeah. you're a younger writer, you're more naive, you're open yeah. to anything. Oh, it's, but just the, out, it's just, you just put it out there. It's like, oh, this is good. And there are no rules. You're kind of like, whatever. But then as you become more savvy and... and better at it then you know what's out there kind of the unwritten rules or what's yep. hack or what's original and then you kind of want to f- you know weave through that so yeah so it's kind of the opposite, it's the opposite. yeah because n- now I, I think it gets more a, a little more difficult as the more you do it just like anything i'm sure it was with comedy too because you really start going okay it's structure to some degree it's like okay yeah it's good but it's the editing i love editing because you've got the thread of an idea there and you go back in and you go, okay, this is good. You know, I've got the ideas here. Now, how do I sort of move this around? And, oh, yeah, I can make this stronger. And we could move it over here. It's, it's you know, and, and that's words and melody. And right. Melody. Like, where are we going here? And Do you find that you have to sometimes step away from it for a little bit? You do. I actually, it's funny because I... It's a big difference, right? Yeah, I just wrote something the other day. There was a group that asked me to write something about my songwriting process. And... Um, they just got back to me today about it. And uh, what I'd said in there is some t- songs come in different ways. I can be walking down the street and listening to the beat of my feet and, and just kind of get into a rhythm. And I'm yep. like, da, 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 da. I'm just walking and I'm thinking, and all of a sudden I, words start coming to me, right? And, I, I, and it's funny because sometimes you can hardly, I, I don't have anything to write down. I don't, I don't have my phone. Or I don't, so I just, you just can hardly wait to get in the house to start writing stuff down. And then there's other times when somebody says something that sparks something. 
right? And then there's other times where you're sitting there and you're writing and you're writing and you're writing and just throwing stuff away. Same with you, I'm sure. Sometimes, you know, you're just like, nah, nah, no, no, mm -hmm. no. And then you step away to do something else and you're like, ah, or you can't find a line. You know, you're writing a song and it's all good except there's that line that's really important or a bridge and you step away for a second and all of a sudden you go, that's it. It's like turning your back on it for a second seems to make a difference and then it yeah. comes to you. Yeah, this, it's all different. Yeah, because sometimes when you're so close to it, you're like, this is garbage. And yeah. then you step away from it and you're like, ah, this is actually pretty good. Well, there's something in there or there's right. something you go, well, that's not it. Right. It's like, that's not my chorus. That's my that's my bridge. My bridge is my chorus. My chorus is my bridge. That's right. And you have to kind of step away. Yeah. So stepping away from it. Um, yeah. And absolutely. And, um, okay, let's go back. So you're in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, where, where do you go? I came back. Came back to Canada. Came back to Canada. Came back to Toronto? Canada. Yeah. Decided to finish my high school, which was important. Right. I guess. Um, <laughs> so they told you. Yeah. So they told me. So I wrote this exam and they said, you were actually, uh, you pretty much finished your grade 12. And I thought, that's pretty good. I've covered off two years not going to school. What's that tell you? Um, so, and then uh, when I came back, I started doing more playing, more writing, was doing more sort of the folk circuit than anything than uh, anything was doing the folk circuit. Just all in the city, kind of? Yeah, uh, and then I moved out west. I moved to Calgary. Um, my goal was to go out there and work with horses. I really wanted to work with horses. And uh, I was too young. Nobody would hire me. I was 17. I was 17 on my own. And uh, so I ended up getting a job actually in the graphic design business. Kind so, of kind of what the old man did, a little bit. Yeah, it was. And it came, I'm sure it came out of that. It was just sort yeah. of my brain. Right. That's where my brain was. Very uh, streetwise. Mm -hmm. I wasn't um, a trained designer, but oh my God, I went a long way on not being a trained designer, just be on, on intuition and uh, street smarts. Wow. Really yeah. on street smarts and oh, messaging. Cool. And messaging. Of course, it's all words again, right? That's right. What are you saying? It's right. really important. That's right. The it's really important. Is the message. It truly it is. Yeah. Yeah. And in Calgary, were you doing much with music once you got into graphic design? Were you kind of still? I was. Yeah. So I ended up uh, being an art director out there for a company, and at the same time, I was um, I had a band. I was in a band. Uh, that band. What was the name of that band back then? I think it was called High Test. I was a backup singer. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. And was, how do you find oh, a band when you move to a new city? Through my boyfriend. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Through a boyfriend who was a guitar player. Of course. <laughs> um, and uh, he had a band, and um, I ended up being a backup singer. And the drummer's girlfriend also was a backup singer. And she, I was kind of the Grace Slick, and she was definitely the Janis Joplin. Right. And we ended up doing a lot of backup vocals with the band. And that's where we started. And then the guitar player and I started our own band. I was going to say, how does your own, you must, when, you're, when you've had this, you know, you went to school in Paris and you were uh, writing songs and working for the radio company, yeah. you must, was there a part of you that was like, I'm better than a back, background singer? Or are you just happy to kind no, of... No, I was happy. Right, yeah. You know, I was going to say that when I was younger, when I was like, you know, in, in school, junior school, I loved choirs. So I actually joined three churches just to sing in the choirs because oh, yeah. there's something about the harmonies mm -hmm. and and that power of all those voices together so that was that was key to me that was really key to me and that really sort of set me off to singing 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 with my dad singing in these choirs did you come everything. from a religious family is that what no 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 my family was unitarian I don't even know what that, yeah, I know. What that I means. Know. My sister was very funny because all she remembers about church was the, the, the coffee afterwards. No, it, Unitarian, it's very, um, 
very real based in mm -hmm. what's happening and um, they talked a lot about the solar system and just people and it was, it was great. It was good. It was more of a social club than it was a, a religion. Right. So no, I don't come from a religious background. But you just wanted to do the choir thing. Yeah, just for, just for the choir. I, I mean, I remember listening to them, the, the ministers and the preachers and stuff going, wow, those guys are kind of scary. <laughs> they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, I was there for uh, the choir. So you're in Calgary, yeah. you're a background singer or, or background vocalist, yeah. and you, you start a band with a guitar player. Yeah, C.J. Smith, that C. was his J. name. Smith. Yeah. And what was, the, what was the group? Were you still in the folk kind of? No, we were definitely, uh, we were sort of southern rock, well, sort of rock. We were rock at that point, all original. For the most part, we did all original, all original you music. You wrote together? You we brought did. Your, what you had written already? Yeah, no, we, we wrote together. I wrote mostly lyrics. I worked with him on melody, but he drove melody. Um, I was the lead singer in the band. Cool. Yeah, I was a rock and roll singer back then. Yeah, I couldn't get enough mascara and black eyeliner or ripped shirts, and I had gloves with the fingers torn out. And yeah, is there yeah. any of that stuff out there now? Can you get any, <laughs> your hands on any? It was just some old photos of me there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so we had a band, and that band at that point of time was called Baker Smith actually, because I was Baker, he was, he was Smith. Smith. Yeah, makes sense. Baker Smith. Yeah, we wrote a lot of songs together. And were your we parents did. always supportive uh, of, of you? Yeah. Were, were, yeah. So you were in Calgary on their own, so they were still in Toronto. Yeah, my mother, uh, they were separated. My okay. mother was in Toronto with my sister, and I was in, I was in Paris with my father. Got and it. my father, yeah, he was, he was very supportive of my music. They were both pretty supportive of my music. At yeah. what point did you think you could actually this... I mean, I know you kind of shot out of a cannon out of school and, and, yeah. and with the radio company and stuff, but... Did you ever consciously think, oh, I can make a go at this as a living? Or was it just there was no option? Of course, that's what, what was going to happen. That was the way it was going to be. No plan B. It was just, I knew that's what I needed to be. I just, it was in my bones. It's funny, the most, like yourself, the most successful people in in whatever they do, they that's the thing. They say there's no plan, there was no plan no. B ever. No. And it just kind of happens organically. Yeah. It's not like, I'm going to do this because it seems cool. It's just no. kind of like. It's just who I was. It's who you are. Yeah. And I didn't even think, you know, everybody says, oh, my God, the competition. I, I didn't even think competition. It was just that I'm doing this. And I never even was aware of competition, even years after, until I went into a record store and went, God, there's a lot of music out here, like <laughs> yeah. just a sea of it. Yeah. But other than that, it was just I'm doing what I'm doing. There yeah. was just just what I'm doing. And you were living and you were, yeah. you were fine and there yeah. was nothing, you didn't have to do anything else? No, I was just doing music. How long were you out west before you eventually came back to Toronto? I guess I was out west for probably three years. It's, you know, the music industry out there was definitely not happening. I was going to say, like, no. compared to Toronto, there's no. got to be no scene. It was painful. And I mean, I was from Toronto, so they have they, they had their whole sort of stigma about people from Toronto. Right. And um, I had said to uh, CJ... Yeah, really. Well, we're just very, I mean, granted, probably different personalities, right? Mm -hmm. And I do have sort of that kind of personality. I mean, I definitely push, 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 as many who know me might say. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, came back to Toronto, brought, he came back with me. And uh, that was probably about three years later. And we're still playing, still playing, had our band going and uh, still Bakersmith. That. Okay, That's okay. Go ahead. Still, I don't even know if that picked up or if that was just in our cans. <laughs> I was getting a phone call. Um, so it's still Baker Smith. Still Baker Smith. Doing around, doing the thing. Yeah, and uh, just same thing. Playing, you know, doing the circuit. Um, working through an uh, organization called the Agency here, mm -hmm. and uh, they were booking us quite a bit. And yeah, 
went through different renditions of that band and ended up being uh, Daystar. Was the, we ended up being Daystar for a while, and we ended up being Night School for a Daystar, while. Daystar, Night School. Who, yeah. Did, how did you guys come up with? I don't even <laughs> know why we changed it. I can't remember why. I think we just wanted something perhaps more just different than Bakersmith. We just needed to switch it up. Right. But still, uh, mostly original music. We mm-hmm. did. Um, I think for a while we did a southern set that was a lot of fun. I mean, that was doing cover, but kind of doing cover our own way. And I'm singing, so I mean, I'm doing right. Leonard, I'm doing Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top, which is with me singing it. It's a little different. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say when you're performing and the crowd likes hits or top forty stuff or what they know, how do you introduce originals in there? Do you just go full out original? Or do you kind of squeeze them in between covers, or how do you? No, we pretty much went full out original and squeezed in some covers once in a while. Right. Um, how do you build a following? from that did you just have faith in your uh, ability yeah. or yeah you don't think about it you just go ahead and do it it's that same thing you just m- moving forward and what kind of uh, venues were you playing oh different bars oh my god a lot of bars endless shows? bars and you know a few coliseums and uh you know opening for some people and doing our own shows and yeah just a real mix up of different things how was um, I? I asked because of uh, my comparison to comedy. This is what I know. So, yeah. would you early on in those days get get paid f- with? Um, did you guys ever get like paid with like free booze and you're making? No, we made money. You made money. So you like money. from the gate. You're like the <laughs> yeah. <deal>. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a big drinker. Although I all, I often joked about a great name for a band would be a free beer because they'd put it up in the marquee and for sure you'd draw a crowd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like free beer tonight. All right. How did you? So you say you're not a a big drinker. How did you manage going on the road? I mean, because you're a super balanced person. You, you know, you're in a long marriage. You yeah. Know, kids. You know, like so. How do you? Because it's an industry. Whether you like it or we like it or not, that's the same as comedy, inundated with with drugs and alcohol yeah. and, and just people kind of aimlessly going from gig to gig. How do you make the is it a conscious choice to go, I'm not gonna go that. This is gonna this is my real career. I have to make go of this. Do you consciously choose that responsible route or it just kind of is in you and you you're not a yeah, it was just in me. I right. really I for one thing, I mean, as a as a singer, I knew that uh, I and a bit of a perfectionist again, right? Like I do like the show to be really put together. Um, I know we got on stage a few times and the band was like so stoned. I mean, they were gone, and I was up there in front of them all, going, "Okay, let's just try to get through this night." And they were saying, "This is great," and I'm going, "Yeah, yeah. Wait till you hear it. Wait till you hear it right. played back." Um, so, because yeah, you, you weren't drinking, but no, the bandmates were. They oh drinking? Yeah, yeah, some of them were smoking or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I'll take some of that. What is it? I don't know. Right. It's like, how just do you do that? Whatever they put in your yeah. hand, just seriously, it and just enjoy the ride. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, and you, you just never—I just never know towards that. It was no. just a no. I was offered a lot. I mean, as a as a singer in a band, I mean, I forever had course. people coming up saying, "Hey, you want to come out and do this, this, this?" And I was like, "No, I could really use the cash, though." Yeah, you yeah. know, I'd rather have the cash. Um, yeah, I, and part of it was I just I I had to remember a lot. I mean, up there singing. Right. It was important to me that the the show was really put together. Um, we had a great crew. Actually, my husband mm-hmm. Michael now he was originally started out as a lighting director for me and ended up being my road manager. 
Is that that's, right? That's how we met. How long have you guys been together? A long time? Yeah, we've been together a long time. We've been married. This uh, Next month, we'll be married 31 years. Unreal. I remember I the 30th year. Thing I know, I, I know. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. And married 30 years, how long have you been together? I, you know, probably about another three years on top of that. We were on the road right. with each other. I don't know. He knows the exact number. I don't. <laughs> but he knows. That seems about right, yeah. knowing him. Yeah. Did you, did you, do you attribute your success in relationship uh together and having a successful marriage because he's in the industry do you think he was an accountant or a dentist that you would have the same thing because you know you work different hours you work through the night you work with you know you work with guys all the time and and he doesn't have a jealous bone in his body i mean i don't know from what I, i know do you think it's because he was in the industry i think it's because he understood who i was coming into the relationship um he could see who i was on stage he knew who i was he knew what my values were um he truly under- we we really are friends i mean i think that is a lot and he you know what when i think he he'll say that there's a secret <laughs> secret to our marriage is the fact that he's patient um i, I and but truly we we know that's because we both give each other room to be ourselves mm-hmm. And he knows that's who I am. He knows that that's who I am. And 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 with this this career choice, comes um, a, d- a different kind of lifestyle. I mean, yeah, I do. I do work with a lot of guys. There's no doubt. And and some other guy would probably be going, oh my god, like my daughter even laughs. Who's that? I mean, all these guys are always walking through the house. And because I'm writing with a lot of younger artists now, I mean, they're you know they're 17 to whatever age. Um, and I have a, a, a writing partner who I work with all the time. And I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're, we spend a lot of time writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, Michael totally understands it and he has a lot of respect. It's great. It's, it's got to be a mutual respect. I Is think. that North you're talking about? Yeah. North yeah, that's North. Yeah. Um, yeah. You say that the mutual respect thing. So you're, you're cool and balanced and you're a devoted wife and mother. But do you ever work with people that you feel you're like, oh, this guy's a creep or this guy's coming on to me or because I imagine for people, for anybody, yeah. especially for like musicians, uh, fellow musicians and people in music, there's nothing more, uh, you know, attractive than a super talented, you know, songwriter and singer. I'm sure people just must it must it must happen. They I mean. talk about the studio romances. Right. that happen very often between singers and producers, for instance. Um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I, maybe it's the nature of my personality and the fact that I've been in the music business forever. I maybe look at men in a different light. I do. I really don't think of them as men a lot. You know what I mean? In the same kind of way, I do think of them as friends. And I've had so many... Um, male friends in the musician business who in the sorry in the music business who are truly my friends they're truly truly friends and uh and i also know where to draw the line (laughs) which i think makes a you know you just you just know where you want to what you want to do and what you value yeah Yeah. i mean you have your eye on the prize and your your career you take it seriously and yeah and and do you think that stems from like your 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 kind of commitment to the art art form. Do you think that stems from a respect of the art form? Do you think that's because your father maybe was a musician and you don't want to fuck with it? It's kind of like, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to be a normal person and treat this with respect and the respect it deserves because it's an incredible process. Like you said, you feel like you might not have control over it. It just kind of happens. It's who you are. Mm -hmm. 
I do have a really respect for it. I do. Um, even, I guess it was less of a question. Yeah, it's, sta- it's sort of a statement. <laughs> yeah, right. But because um, even now, what I'm doing, a lot of my time is spent um, building different songwriting initiatives to try to promote the value of songwriting. And because uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that I, you know, that there's, I don't know, in, in youth, there's, I think there's a lot of focus these days on uh, writing something and the focus on up is on uploading instead of actually honing the craft and, and making it the best. People so, get into it for the wrong reasons. They want well, to be rich and famous maybe, uh, rather than express themselves. Or perhaps, perhaps. It, it might not be who they are, but it's just something that seems cool and they want to... That could be. I mean, who doesn't want to be a front man or front person of a... Yeah, it's a cool vibe to it. But, you know, you can see the artists. When I sit with different people, I can truly see in them um, I always say it's the matter of when they're sitting in a chair, if they're leaning back and kind of just, eh, or they're leaning forward because they're excited. You know, there's an energy. I, I, I'm really attracted to energy in people, for sure. It's, it's what I, I'm attracted to mm-hmm. and, and what draws me to certain people to, to write with them, to spend time with them, to be friends with them. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Well, you know what I mean, yeah. right? Like there's, there's definitely energies that align and energies that don't. Absolutely, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And you just kind of naturally... Uh, 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 gravitate away from those uh, energies that don't let me uh, I want to do this right now because we heard I am poetry I want to play this other song failing now you're working on an EP right now mm-hmm. I am so EP how many songs roughly five five and an LP is about ten yeah is that, it? Is that yeah. The, the kind of mark yeah um, so you're working on one uh, untitled so far untitled and you know I kind of fell into it it was I've been doing a lot of songwriting because I stepped out of singing I, as far as you know, being a performer and decided I really want to, I had a model out of, uh, out of LA that I thought was very interesting where they work with young artists mm-hmm. and they bring the artist into the room and they say, we're gonna write a song and let, tell me a little bit about yourself and let, what's been going on in your life and let's, let's pull a, a, a song out of it. And um, I started, I did that, I was doing that and then all of a sudden I thought I really wanna promote songwriting. Right, I, I'm, I'm in my own. It's, I, it's what I want to do, and uh, because of that, the best way to do that is really I'm writing my own songs. I mm-hmm. mean, I do write my own material, not as much sometimes as I'd like to, because I'm busy working on other people's songs with them. But I do want to not. I don't want to be my album from 20 years ago. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to yeah, be that artist. Totally. Like, oh yeah, do you have an album 20? No, because right. I've written so much stuff between then and now, and I want to. I want to advocate for songwriting. So the only way I can do that by writing songs is by writing songs yeah. and saying, here it is. So it's all turned around again. And I just actually had a meeting with somebody on Friday about it. That uh, we're talking about how to do this and the pacing of how to release the songs and releasing an EP. I know. That's it's, unbelievable. It's, do you have a set date for it, or you just kind of? Uh, I w- I don't have a set date for it right now. It's all this is all sort of the the dates are also new. The concept is something we've been talking about, but the dates are all new right now. All right, so let's play a song by uh, the na- the title of uh, Falling. That was not smooth at all. This is <laughs> f- Falling. Oh my God, I read Failing. I'm so sorry. It's okay. No, that's not okay. I should be a better uh, Falling. I said failing. I lit. I right. Is that what I said? You said failing. I said failing. It's falling. <laughs> by Roseanne Baker Thornley and on her yet to be uh, named EP. Here it is. We'll be right back. If you have a change of heart and everything just falls apart, all you got gets tangled up in you. 
and it's too much for you to hold And everything unfolds around you Anything you try is never true When you're falling, you can't find your feet A promise I will keep A place for you to land When you're falling, grabbing for the sky You should know that I will catch you when you fall I'll catch you when you fall Following those days when you step in and you are someone else, when your dreams are brighter than the climb, life's full, but you can't find the pieces of yourself when you're falling, you can't find your feet. Failing, <laughs> falling. I'm failing as a host. Uh, falling by Roseanne Baker Thornley, which will be on her um, yet to be released EP that she's working on. And we were just talking about this while the uh, the song was playing. 
how you kind of had to come back to it. You were yeah. not forced into it, but people were asking of it. Your your friends that that know your talent and know what uh, what you do are asking for you to write for yourself because for a long time you've been writing for others. I have, and and actually the whole story behind that is that um, I actually stepped out for a while when I was when I was performing and singing and I had my album. My album, you know, was out and uh, doing my videos and and, and doing all that. Um, I was always asked if I'd write for other people. And I was going to ask, how yeah, do you break into that? I know. And I was always asked, will you write with other people? And I was like, no, I'm writing for me. Yeah. I'm not writing for anybody else. Of course. Yeah. That's why you get into it. That's yeah. You feel it. You this put it out there. All, well, why give it to someone else? This is all about me. Right. Um, so, and, and, but I was always writing lines down. So I stepped out for it when my daughter was born, when Taylor was born. I, I shelved it. Honest to God, uh, there was a point in time when this is the moment. I was working on the video and the album was done. It was being uh, distributed by Sony. It was great. And you know, it was, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do, but I just had Taylor and she was, she was just a baby. And, um, my, uh, Michael rode up on a bicycle and we were filming my video down on cherry on cherry beach. Mm -hmm. And I remember I took a break. I said, I'm going to take a break. I, I'm going to talk to my daughter and my husband for a second. And they rode up on a bicycle, very unusual. But they rode up on a bicycle. <laughs> And she barely recognized me because I had the hair and the nails and, you know, I was just like, you know, all made up for the video. And uh, they started calling me back to the set. They said, you got to come back. And I said to Mike, okay, well, I guess I'll see you later. And I watched him ride away with Taylor on the back of the bike. And I went, that was the point. I don't want to go back the other way. I want to turn left. I don't want to go right. Right. And uh, I called up I mean Sony. Left, but yeah. Yeah. And I called up Sony and I said, I'm going to shelve my album for a little while, for a little while. Oh my and goodness! Did that they was, have they have money out on this? Uh, well, just no. I was funded by Factor. I gotta say, Factor was amazing. They were so so supportive. Um, I had won um, the New Artist of the Year to to uh, to get support from them, and it was great. And and they funded me in every way possible. So I always felt bad about the fact that I'd stepped out for a little while. And it wasn't a little while; it was a long while because life, life. You get busy. Mm -hmm, of course. And I was a, a month turns into a year and yeah. a second. And I was always writing lines down. I was always kept kept writing and my guitars I would dust off, but I wasn't playing them too much. And I had a one I had one producer in particular who would call me all the time. Will you write with somebody? No. Will you write with somebody? No. Anytime you're ready. I had other producers. Whenever you want to start writing again, let us know. We've got people you can write with. And I was like, ah, no, I don't want to do it. And as I said, I'd seen this model out of L.A. of these these uh, two songwriters and a producer that worked with uh, with Avril Lavigne for one, and I thought, wow, that's a great model. I like it, but kind of just shelved it back in my brain, you know. Maybe you know, it's an interesting concept. And then I entered through the Songwriters Association of Canada, which I'm a member of. I had entered a challenge. I thought six songs in six weeks. Eh, I can do that. Because been writing now, my whole life, why not? Yeah, I could do that. I hadn't been writing for a little while, but maybe that would be good for me. And Taylor was doing, you know, her own her thing with ballet, and you know, everybody was busy doing stuff. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. I was running a branding firm at that point. Running. And how long had it been since you'd been writing? Oh goodness, like actively writing. It probably had been. It's got to be ten years. Wow, it's got to be ten years. And um, so anyway, I stepped back into it. And I started doing this challenge, and I wrote one song, I wrote two songs, I wrote three songs, I wrote four songs. And it was, honest to God, like a switch went off in my head. And once I started again, I couldn't stop. That's also how I met North. I met him through this challenge. We, there was a challenge to co-write a song together. And I reached out to him and said, hey, I've been hearing what you've been doing in here, and so we have to co-write. Let's 
take a go. Let's see how it goes. It was disastrous, but anyway, we, we <laughs> yeah, it was disastrous. But we we wrote a great song yeah. at, at the end of it. But um, so it was honest. It was like a switch went off in my head again, and I, to the point where I remember one day driving along the street, going to the studio to record a song, and saying to myself, "Where did I go? Where did I?" Because I was so back to being mm-hmm. myself right. uh, in this writer musician truly the, the the parts of me that were so valuable to me that I you know you just kind of put a, put aside a little bit because other passions your passion changes you're done you right. can say what you want yeah but as soon as your passion changes doesn't matter mm-hmm. you're, you're so you so fall into whatever it is you're doing but your passion never changed you just kind of stepped away from I it did in I 10 did. years but Taylor became my passion for a while right my family and because that was important to me it and was, I mean that's only healthy yeah yeah I mean there's and focus nothing, yeah. focus is good that's right yeah and then I got that's when I got back into writing again and then I thought in a sense you're filling the well for 10 years yeah you know and that's when I started uh, I got back into it again had an opportunity I started calling up producers okay I'm writing. Okay, we've got this, this, and this. And that's actually when I called um, North and said, hey, you know, <laughs> all that all that stuff aside with how that first song kind of started up, we wrote a great song. In what way was it disastrous <laughs> oh when you said Oh, my goodness. Um, well, you see, I had, when we, we first sort of met up, he said to me, well, so what do you got? And and this is North, who, you know, he's he's in Ottawa, and he writes with a lot of different people. And he's a he's a he's a great songwriter himself, and but I don't think he ever gets a lot of pushback from people. You know, people kind of go, oh, like I've seen it. He'll play something, but, oh, it's great. And I'm like, really? It's the first thing he played. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, no. It's great. It's great. So, I had an idea. He said, what do you got for some ideas? And I had this idea about this this photo exhibit I had seen uh, by a guy by the name of Trent Bell out of the states, and it was about um, convicts and them writing letters to their younger selves. And if you could write a letter to yourself, what would you tell your younger self about not ending up here? What, what's the advice you'd give yourself? So th- Trent photographed these the, the, these guys, these fellows that were in, in, in prison, and he took the letters, the handwritten letters, and he superimposed them behind them. Well, I'm very, like when I write, I see it all in my brain. I'm, I'm there, I'm, in, I'm wherever it is that I'm writing that song from. and. I, this so resonated with me and I showed it to North and he said wow this is so cool so anyway I said okay so let's write this song and he said okay good so I said I'll, I'll work on some lyrics you know you you can work on some music and you know we can work on the lyrics a little bit together at some point so I think it was the next day he sent me a finished song finished that fast he sent it. I hadn't sent him any lyrics, though. Oh, shit. Pressure he, his own. He, he had gone off on his own and written the entire song. Mm-hmm. And when he played it for me, he was waiting. He was waiting. You know, he sent it to me, and he was waiting for me to get back to him. So I thought, well, God, what am I going to do? I mean, okay, it's, it's, it's fine. So I got back to him, and I said, well, I like the first line in the pre-chorus. <laughs> and you can imagine. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy that doesn't get a lot of pushback. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm going... I like one yeah, line. One line. And he was like, you're joking. You know, seriously? And and he said, he, he basically walked away from it going, I can't work with her. Like, just, wow. And I'm saying to Michael, my husband, I'm going, what an ass. I can't work with this guy. I'll just write the song myself and say I record it with somebody. And we came back to the table. We came back. It was on Skype. This was all on Skype. And I said, and we both said, what are we going to do? And he said, you know what? 
probably your lyric because I had said my lyrics are better <laughs> quite just straight out I think my lyrics are better I think I've got a stronger storyline sorry and uh, so when we came back he said you know what yeah I, I think that we should he threw his away and he said let's let's start over again on this song and we literally worked it line by line and we kept saying you know basically that uh, you know that we had to write this song we had to get it done yeah and it was important that it was the best of it w- we were doing the best for the song at possible the song was at the center so let's step back a little bit and focus on the song not on what he wanted or why wanted but what made sense and we we're both mature enough and and seasoned enough writers to be able to say okay let's do this and we wrote turn and turn was powerful it's a powerful song it's actually on north's new album right now and it's all about turning and walking away for these young mm-hmm. men and we actually sent it to the to the photographer and said, we just wanted you to know how far your reach was with that exhibit you did. And we got a a message back from Trent saying, I listened to it and all I could do was cry. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a powerful song. It actually just popped up on Facebook again the other day. They fo- they featured him again in another magazine oh, yeah. for this exhibit. Wow. So I posted it on Facebook saying, hey, this is the first song North and I wrote. It's only, I think that's probably two and a half years ago. It seems like 10. Right. But... I was going to say that um, when I got all these offers to start writing, because that had gone, eventually had gone so well, and, and we both said that's probably one of the best songs I've ever written. He, he said it too. It's probably one of the best songs I've ever written. And I said, I w- I'm thinking about this, this idea of writing with young artists and bringing them into the room and writing songs for them, with them. What do you think? And he was like, I'm in. I'll come down to Toronto. So he started coming here instead of uh, just writing over Skype. And really that's we're doing a lot of it and how do you find the young artists that you write for through producers or yeah various uh some is uh i've gone out and reached out to some people that i just thought were great um some is through producers some through managers oh we're working with this um I, i'm just gonna say we're working with this young man right now his name's quentin cocker and he's in the cbc search and um the Searchlight, and he's he's very talented and we've been writing with him, and he's one of these artists that's definitely leaning forward. He's not leaning back uh, at all. Yeah. And and uh, Mikaelin Hay, who's also in the Searchlight competition, and Amir. And I mean, there's just so you, you won a competition with her, right? You co-wrote a yeah. song. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we won the uh, indie independent uh, songwriting contest in 2016. Yeah. Year. Yeah, with a song called Anyway. Are competitions a big part of songwriting? Like in a, in a, in a kind of in a way to get songs out there. It's more awareness. I mean, it's funny because I know North had entered quite a few competitions in the past. I never did. I, I've never been a competition person. It's, but it's you're just, cleaning house. You're winning, I know. You're winning all these competitions. So, yeah. And then I thought, you know what? For awareness, it's good. And people always say, what yeah, do you, there, what do you win? What do you win? I'm like, I have no idea. We win. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> it's the awareness and, and, the, um, and getting some, building some brand. I mean, mm-hmm. we're definitely building, and for us, it's the RBTNE brand, and it's it's building that and having people know what we're doing. Right. Yeah, it's good. Do you ever write songs for young artists, and you're like, "Shit, that one's too good. I'm gonna keep that." You know what? It, people will say, and, and this is only in my in my relationship with writing North. They'll say, "What do you write? What kind of music?" And I say, "Well, I write pop, I write indie, I write a bit of jazz, I write some country, and I write North." Seriously, because we would be writing something and he'd be going, hey, that's a good song for me. 
<laughs> and I mean, I've done it. Like, there's one song in particular right now that I'll, I will have on my EP called "Look Up," and it was based on uh, re- my relationship with Taylor, my daughter. And uh, but f- but there's many times that we've written that North has taken songs as his own because it just made sense. And you know, but we we're shopping songs to other artists to do though. Like we're sending them to Nashville, mm-hmm. or we're sending them to Europe, and hoping somebody will pick them up. Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah. how does that work? You you get. Um, publishing on it yeah we've got one publisher we're actually looking we're always looking Mm -hmm. i mean it's constantly looking for uh other alliances to uh pick up our songs and and we do quite a few duets and not as a performing as a you know performing duo but as just we're doing them to illustrate to people how these can uh and they're they're good and people really like them and they're saying you guys should be doing this and we're like no that's not the plan the plan is somebody else to do them who's 28 right (laughs) you know yeah yeah, so it's it's, it's and good. but th- but doing that for how long? How many years did you do that until you were influenced into releasing your own EP, which is what you're working on now? Yeah, well, that's a couple years, only a couple years. Okay. Yeah. So because how old is Taylor? She's what? She is going to be 25. Wow! Shit! Oh my God! 25. She looks so young. I was going to say I like know. 19 or 20. No. I know she's engaged and she's she is. Uh, uh, in the UK to a guitar player. Right. Oh, is that right? Oh, my God. Apple Tree. He's so good. He's amazing. I actually, I'm falling. He's the guitar player on the song you just heard. Oh, right. He, oh, cool. Because uh, I know when uh, I first heard him play and I thought, okay, and, and we were talking about switching some songs back and forth. Yeah. Do you want to hear one? Do you want to hear one? And I thought, oh, I just fingers crossed that this is going to be good because I don't know what I'm going to say because <laughs> yeah. I'm so honest. Right. And he played a song, and I was like, you are so good. You're oh, so good. talented. That's a bonus, right? Yeah, I would love, I mean, when I release my EP, I'll definitely do a show, and I would love for him to be here playing. Did so. he Did he know of you at all before uh, they met, or did he, Mm-mm. or once he got to know you, was he like, oh, shit, my future mother-in-law's the real Disney? It's too <laughs> funny, because we were work- when we were going to the studio, I said to him before we went in, I said, so... Did you ever think you'd be heading into the studio with your girlfriend's mother? He said, didn't even consider it, you know. But and I mean, he must be able to tell right away. Like you're, he's like, like that. You're the deal. You're the, you're it. I mean, yeah. And he, he's, he's great. He's, he's very talented, and he has, a, he has very much, a very much an intuitive feel mm-hmm. for what I'm, I'm doing. Like I've sat down and worked with him and said, so what do we think? What should I, you know, any ideas on what I might do here or what I might go here in my bridge? Always the elusive bridge. And he's got a great feel. He's a good writer. He's, a, he's just uh, actually awesome. stepped into a band himself. And it's like you said, thank God he's good, right? Yeah. What, what would you have done if you would have been like a I shit don't hack know. guitar player? Start looking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, honey, he's sweet, but don't make him a lifetime project. I don't know. Yeah, don't I don't know. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. Yeah. Um, so you want to play for us? You wanna, sure. You want to do a little something, something? Sure, I'll do something. All right, so what, 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 before you play something, what did you... Uh, you were talking about the Acoustic Guitar Project. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, the Acoustic Guitar Project. Okay. Uh, that is a global initiative mm-hmm. that is, right now, it's 50 cities all around the world. And actually, I'm going to, uh, hang on a second. Tune it. This is real. This is authentic. Are you drop tuning? What are you doing? They're no, I'm actually tuning back up again. I'm going to play this song first up. instead. Got it. See, this is all in the moment stuff. We're part of the creative <laughs> process. Um, okay, so we'll talk about the Acoustic Guitar Project. Uh, 
this is something that a friend of mine had done out in Calgary. And also, North is the curator in Ottawa for it. And th that's how I became aware of it, through both of them. And what it is, it's very cool. It's Dave Adams. He's out of New York City. He's not a musician, but he's a total music lover. And he had this idea of the pureness of a song, which, of course, really appeals to me, the pureness of a song. And having people write a song and without any effects, nothing. It's just you write the song, you record the song, you post the song, and you move on. So what he's done is he's got 50 cities around the world right now. And he would pick a curator in each city. And the curator can either perform or not perform. They, you know, they might not be a song, they might just be curating. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to have in each city five songwriters. So in the fall, this all happens succinctly. Like, I'm, I'm serious, it's all around the world. It's Tokyo, there's Paris, there's Where London. Where did this start? This started in New York. Okay. It started in New York City. And uh, it's in Ottawa, and it's Vancouver, and it's, it's all these places. And I had, had looked at this online when, when uh, I guess, when North had done it, and I was listening to a song, and I'm looking at all the cities and going, where's Toronto? There was no Toronto. That's and I up. thought, well, that's very weird. Why is there no Toronto? So I got in touch with Dave in New York and just asked the question, why is there no Toronto? And he said, I haven't got to Toronto yet, but I've checked you out. And wondering if you'd be interested in being the curator. Unreal. Yeah. Ground floor much. Yeah. If there you'd you go. be interested in being the curator. And of course, I said, sure, that would be very, because it was a very cool project. But the idea is that um, the curator picks five writers. You get this, he gives you a guitar, you get a guitar, and you write a song in a week. You get a week to sit with that guitar, see what comes to you, write a song, um, record a short video about what the song is about. You sign the guitar cool. and uh, you record it on a handheld device. You give it to him and he uploads it to the main site, which is the, the acousticguitarproject.com. And he, uh, he does all that and he, he uh, masters it and up, up, uploads it. No effects. You want effects, mm -hmm. you, sit in a, you sit in a big room. It sounds echoey. And then you hand the guitar off to the next person. And they hand it off and they hand it off for five players. So I had picked this year to be part of my project. There was me, uh, Keith Mackay, who's a great friend, and he it was from a band called Kensington Market, and we spent a lot of time back when doing, you know, just doing a lot of music. And then Julian Taylor was also part of the project, who, mm -hmm. um, great songwriter, a great performer. So he's got his full-on band. I think there must be 10 people in his band, or he's just, the, he's just a great songwriter with a guitar. And he's just released his new album, Desert Star. And then also I had Blair Packham, another guy who is this very, just very much involved in the music scene and, and writing. So he was in it, and Susie Vinnick, who's like blues. She's blues, amazing. So all of us did this project. Nice, okay, yeah. cool. So I'm gonna, this is the song I wrote for it. And originally when I, I um, thought about the project, mm -hmm. I was going to write something happy and uplifting. And just a week before I got the guitar, uh, a friend of mine went out to play hockey one night. He's young. He's young. He went out to play hockey and he uh, collapsed on the ice and never recovered. Oh, my God. I know. And Michael, my Michael, told me. He sat, we were sitting in the living room one night and he's like, um, I've, I've got something I need to tell you. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what happened to Nan? <laughs> That's the first thing, right? <laughs> and he's like, no, it's Mike, Mike Temple. 
And I'm like, what, what, what happened to Mike? He said he's passed away. Crazy. And I, I, it just wasn't even computing this whole thing. So the next week, now I'm in, the, in my studio and I start, in the, okay, so how do you write a song? I'm playing this over and over. Just over and over. And all I can think about is I'm seeing his face and I'm thinking about what it must be like for his wife to be lying in that room at night. And he just never comes home. He never comes home. And then I started thinking, well, you know what? There's, what happens if somebody never comes home? Like, what are those things that you think you should have said that you never said? And, because, I mean, I think everybody's quick to tell somebody what they don't like, but are people as quick to tell people what they do like? So anyway, this, this playing this sort of transported me to the room and lying there in bed as her and seeing this through her eyes. And I wrote this song called Give Me One More Night. that I've laid here I just assumed that all the years would come and go and you'd be near all the nights you held me close we laughed about who loved who the most I never thought they'd disappear I can hear your heartbeat I can feel your breath I can feel your warmth inside my chest I can feel your fingers softly touch my chin I can feel your lips against my skin You know that it's the hardest part To reach, to touch you in the dark And realize that you're not here I close my eyes and try to sleep But it keeps coming back to me I always thought I'd be where you are I can hear your heartbeat, I can feel your breath I can feel your warmth inside my chest I can feel your fingers softly touch my chin I can feel your lips against my skin I don't wanna leave, I don't wanna stay Give me one more night what I need to say I don't want to leave I don't want to stay Give me one more night For what I need to say said and sunlight is climbing up the wall I wonder if you really knew how much I wanted you I should have said it all I can hear your heartbeat I can feel your breath 
can feel your warmth inside my chest I can feel your fingers softly touch my chin I can feel your lips against my skin I can hear your heartbeat, I can feel your breath I can feel your warmth inside my chest I can feel your fingers softly touch my chin I can feel your warmth against my skin I don't wanna leave, I don't wanna stay Give me one more night for what I need to say Oh my god, give me one more night. Uh, okay, this is the Julian Dion Comedy Hour. I've never cried. I actually full on... Do you feel that every time you, I do. you, you it's perform? It's a hard it? song to get through. It's really, it really is. It's a, when you set it up like that, because I mean, it's going to be on the EP. Is it going to be in the EP? You know what? I'm not sure It's if it's going to... It could be. It could be. I'm not sure what's going on with the EP exactly yet. I mean, when you set it up with the uh, with the story and where it came from, it's heart wrenching. That's real, and I mean, you can't help but but uh, put yourself in that position. And I've never shed a tear on this podcast. Aww. And tonight was the first Aww. first night. No, that was extremely powerful. I couldn't help but picture that that sense of loss. You feel it right away and it's like yeah it's it can happen in a second everything a second. can change it's true you kind of take these uh, geez i'm going to tear up again <laughs> but you take these uh every, oftentimes in life you get you know distracted by what's happening around you and you take uh, a lot of your relationships family or your your relationship with your husband or wife and for granted and you, you just assume they're going to be there forever you do you do assume you it, i think we all know things change we all know that like intellectually we all yeah. know that but emotionally we think ah it's forever because you kind of it's a control <laughs> thing you think you kind of think you're in control but yeah. you're nobody we're not no and just like that without warning just someone can leave for the day and never uh, ever ever come back ever i know ever it's the ever isn't it ever it's the ever gone it's the ever and you, that's uh, and and i mean a breakup affects you uh, in a in a way that you know your life is altered permanently but at least the person is still around but this is like forever you're I shaped know. i mean you spend day in day out with this person that you're sharing your life with nobody knows you more than they do and you know you know, like you know them more than anybody else does on this planet, and all of a sudden they're gone without warning. It's like, so you can imagine. What would I'm, you say? And that's why I've said when you can imagine when I'm I'm sitting there and I'm writing it, and all I can feel is I'm lying in bed and I'm her, and I'm just looking Fuck. at this room, going, "Oh my god!" You know what I mean? It was yeah. just, it was, and I feel it. I feel it. Well, I can I mean, see you. You had tears yeah, go as you were singing it. I do feel. When it. did this happen? This tragedy, this, this horrible. This was probably about was it five months ago? Holy shit! It's, it's not, super it's, fresh. It's I super thought it was a couple of no, years no, no. or something. Oh my god! Yeah, it's very yeah. fresh. Very Thank fresh. you for sharing that. That's unbelievable. But that happened to <laughs> like know. that's real. I know it's, it's not just something you made up or I thought of. I know, and I I can't believe, as I said, I can't believe I'm never going to see him again. So yeah. it was like because he was such a positive guy, and Fuck. and it's just like gone. <laughs> it's, gone. It's always forever. that gone, that gone forever thing. It's it's. And do you believe in 
Are you spiritual? I know you're not religious, but are you spiritual uh, at spiritual, all? Spiritual, but I don't. You know what? I think I don't know what's beyond this. Nobody Actually, really does. I mean, and, and that's the one thing that freaks me out a little bit about the whole thing with death is the forever. Forever, forever, and ever. I panic a little bit when I think about forever because it's not just going to sleep for a bit and waking up. It's forever. So I have to admit, I that's something I struggle with. Is there something beyond this? I don't know. Who knows? Mm. Who knows for sure? I mean, everybody has their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But what I do know is that you really got to make the best of being here because... It really puts it, puts it in perspective. Yeah. And yeah, for me too, it's the forever. You think like, okay, think of how, let's say you live a hundred years and then you die. Yeah. Think of a hundred more years and a hundred more and a million it's years. It's forever. A million more years I and know. a million more years and 30 million years and you're still just gone. Like I you're know. just not. It's that. I can't even think about it. They say you can only contemplate your own demise for like a minute. We've already been over a minute and I'm freaking the fuck out. I know. Like, it's true. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing that. More wine. Yeah, <laughs> when all uh, that's I think that's the lesson here is yeah. more wine, please. But, but I was going to say that the the acoustic guitar project, it it truly I mean the, this song was born out of it. And what was very cool is this guitar, and everybody signs the guitar, and you hand it off to the next one. So I have the guitar at home now, and it's Calexis energy. Of course, absolutely. Everybody is pouring their heart into absolutely. this soul, and everybody wrote a stellar song. Like I, I mean, what comes to mind is Julian wrote a song about his life on the guitar and Blair wrote a song about just the dark the darkness of of depression and just everybody wrote solid songs on it Mm -hmm. and and it'll travel around next year I've got I've I've already got people that are interested I can't write again next year but I can I'm I'm the curator I I am the curator (laughs) and uh, so I'll be doing it again and uh, it's it's worth checking out there's some great stuff in there acoustic guitar project can you can you do you want to do another one I will. I mean, I that was amazing. One. I could. I want to listen to you all night. I mean. <laughs> now this is really new. Okay. And this is an example. This is totally an example of songwriting and the truth. The truth. Speaking the truth, like "Give Me One More Night," it's definitely that. That is totally the truth. And and I think that when songwriters write something, there is a thread of truth in every song because mm-hmm. it's got to come from somewhere i mean you know i'm not grabbing it i'm not it's it's part of me it's what i'm showing and but there's also in songwriting there's adapting it mm-hmm. so it it works for other people too it, it doesn't just work for yourself so this is based in some truth of course but at the same time it you take liberty sometimes to make it what you want it to be and who you want it to speak to. So I also have a friend that I, I'm sure there's a few people that will relate to this, male or female, that um, will sort of understand where this is going and uh, and and connect to the emotions behind it. Yeah, that's the cool thing about writing. It's a cool thing. You really connect, and it's all about emotion. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. seem to blur the line of what is hers and what is mine I trust your lips but not your eyes and all the signs that tell me otherwise and in the dark I can't undo the 
talk that leads us right into the words that feed the quiet flame and you are not the same because of me because of me and I know that you know that I don't want to let you go and I know Never gonna let you go You might say you understand But there's no way you really can You bear your soul and then you leave And tell me you can't stay Because of me Because of me This time that I keep bending I walk a line that has no ending And you can say what you believe But you keep coming back Because of me Because of me And I know that you know That I don't want to let you go And I know that you know I can't wait forever Cause she ain't never gonna let you go Every time you come You change You change Every time you come You change And I know that you know that I can't wait forever Cause she ain't never ever, no She ain't never ever gonna let you go Because of me Oh my god, <laughs> uh, Rosie, that was unbelievable. Um, wow. Good, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I really <laughs> like it. That's really new. That's so new. That's how how, like, how new are we talking? What that's we talk? probably two weeks old, three weeks old, something oh, wow. like that. Mm, yeah, it's really, really new. Uh, amazing. And also might make an appearance on the EP? Mm. Potentially, who knows? Who knows? So many, so many songs on the EP. Maybe the second EP. Watch. Um, what can I say? Uh, this has been uh, unbelievable. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. It's Julian. been so th fun. I, I mean, I knew you were a powerhouse before, but I mean, this has just reaffirmed everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Thank you for thank doing goodness, this. Thank goodness, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what if you came here and you oh, sucked? Can you imagine? Oh, I, I'd be like. 
Yeah. It's like uh, Taylor's fiance. What's his name again? Oh, Will. Will, yeah. Will. It's like the same thing. You know, he didn't. He like, what if he sucked? It's like, what if, what if <laughs> yeah. he sucked? But uh, I mean, I knew your resume speaks for itself. You're amazing. Thank you very much uh, for stopping by the studio. I appreciate it. Go to rbtsong.com for all of your uh, Roseanne Baker Thornley needs. And please, trust me, you do need those needs fulfilled. I mean, as uh, I heard, and I could easily do a part two uh, with you because, I mean, we, we just scratched the surface, I feel. Yeah. We kind of just yeah. uh, scratched the surface. But in the meantime, uh, we'll do this again. And in the meantime, watch your head. It's such a beautiful waste of time. And there she is. Another one in the books. Uh, thanks to my guest, Roseanne Baker Thornley. Wasn't that incredible, huh? Yeah, it sure was. Thanks to you for listening. Always you. Be sure to follow and like on Instagram and Twitter at JD Comedy Hour and like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash JD Comedy Hour. Email the show pod at jdcomedyhour.com. We want to hear from you. Subscribe on iTunes and all that good shiznet. One more time for Roseanne Baker Thornley. As a matter of fact, are we. We're going to actually. Uh, here, I'm going to play up the song i'm gonna play out the song and um and and stick around after after waste of time by garage baby we're going to uh kick it rosie and i on the mics for just a few more minutes uh, but until then and as always once and for all <laughs> what the fuck? watch your head
Okay. After the outro song, I often play a blooper. But okay. we'll do uh, we'll do this. Okay, we're back. This is usually <laughs> a blooper. More wine. Yeah, a little more vino, little cab sove. Uh, we're back after the. Uh, <laughs> this is usually a pre-recorded blooper, but now this is actually happening in real time. We're back um, on mic. Okay, you're talking about this writer's circle because yeah, you want to talk about your collaborators because this is a collaborative effect, uh, effort uh, at times. It's cool because right? it's about I'm I'm as you can probably tell I'm very much about songwriting mm-hmm. and the heart of the song. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool based on my own experience in co-writing and going, this is great, this is great. Um, everybody, it's it's like you know what if I wrote a song with you it would have a certain energy to it and mm-hmm. a certain vibe to it. Like, we could. We could sit down, I could talk to you and say, okay, we're going to write about this. And it would be completely different with somebody else. Can we? Oh, my God. We could. Do you want to write a song? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? There's nothing I would love more. I know. Um, so my thought was with starting the collaborators was the idea of bringing together eight writers that are, are songwriters. Like, there's no doubt that these, these people can craft a song. And, okay, so I'm going to name off who's in the group. So there's me, okay. of course. There is Patrick Ballantyne, mm-hmm. uh, Blair Packham, Blair Packham, Julian Taylor, Julian Taylor, uh, Northeaston, Northeaston, Dana Manning, Dana Manning, and Amber McLean. Amber McLean. So okay. is that eight? I've got eight. Oh my God! I hope I have eight in there. I didn't count. Oh, David Lees. Oh, jeez, just oh, not forget David Lees. Can't forget David because I'm writing with him oh, like in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so anyway, the idea was to pull together these great writers with a focus on co-writing. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to be able to share, because that question, how do you write a song? Mm-hmm. People ask it all the time. So wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to pull together a group that would share online, for instance, because we're building a website right now, I'm building the website, that will answer how you write a song and it's all these collaborations so we get together once every two or three months we literally draw names out of a hat oh cool right and all of a sudden oh so i'm writing with david this time and we will uh, outside of this particular meeting we will go write a song and come back to this group and play our song and it's like this bubble you know it's like these bubble and, and everybody everybody plays their songs and everybody has some opinions on it and this could change and what about this and what about that and the idea is to build this website that people songwriting enthusiasts students i want students to be able to be part of this because i want them to understand the heart of the song Mm. the value of the Mm -hmm. song the editing of the song how a song is written um and and so we'll do a show once a year and the plan is that all eight of us will be on stage at the same time. Awesome. We would all play a song. I would play a song that I've written all by myself. So maybe I would play One More Night. Give me one more night. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do by myself. Here's, here's who I am by myself. And then we'll start coming up in twos. Here's what we wrote together. Here's what we wrote together. And you just see the, the dynamic of how the songs are written. So it's good. So it's oh, cool. the collaborators. And as I said, uh, thecollaborators.ca, which we will, it will be uploaded fairly soon when did you guys start this is a fairly recent yeah this was started last november and um because of the people that i've been asking their touring schedules have gotten in the way so originally we had ken yates that was in the group amazing Mm -hmm. he such a talented guy uh colin mcdonald from the trues was in the group as well uh maddie rodriguez who just moved to nashville so for all these reasons some people have had to leave but they're still sort of part of the group and i'm hoping they will come and be part of the show as well but to do a show once a year where we have, in a theater, because no bars. No bars. Fuck bars. Fuck bars. Um, because I, I, I just want it to be this casual, mm-hmm. comfortable, everybody 
conversational, much like this. Conversational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a song we wrote, and uh, have a listen. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right. Well, look for that. The collaborators. 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 Ca. Yeah. Okay. Cool. There we go. Thanks. A little annex added. Oh, okay. You know, I forgot. No. Did I mention Northeastern's in the group? You did. I you did. Yeah, okay. you did. You did. You mentioned North. <laughs> Just a minor oversight there. Okay. <laughs> I think you named eight uh, once you uh, threw a okay. David in there. Yeah, I Good. think so. Okay. If not, I'll call you. I'll get you to say <laughs> the name on the phone and I'll add it in post. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, thanks. for that.